Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Jed. Up on Jack score. Now dry subtle, right face off top. McDavid centering pass tipped home. It banked off of Truba and behind Lundqvist, and the Oilers have another critical power play goal. McDavid and Drysaddle backhander, no look, and a save. Rebound poked home. Drysaddle makes a move through Truba. He's going to have an empty netter to seal the game. Tucks it home with 15 seconds left. Edmonton will start 5-0 for the first time since 85-86. Oh, those were heady times indeed for the Edmonton Oilers. It's a bit of a trivia question coming up with that as well. This is Oilers now. It is 12.35 in Edmonton, and Mark Spector is going to join us. Sportsnet spec for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Again, special live New Year's Eve racing tonight at Century Mile, post time 7.15. Uh, we're live at Rogers Place where tonight the Edmonton Oilers take on the New York Rangers. That's uh, the audio you heard there with Jack Michaels. And we will tell you, why would we bring you that audio? Well, it's going to lend itself into a conversation. What did Leon Dreisettle do at the end of that game when it was 3-1 for the Edmonton Oilers? Too long ago, Bob. You're going to have to tell me. Well, you just heard it. It was an empty net goal. Oh, okay. That was the last empty net goal the Edmonton Oilers have scored this season. Wow. Okay. And I bring that up because uh, the Oilers have given up uh, seven that have counted as minuses for their players this year. Mm-hmm. And obviously, um, David Dreisaitl, James Neal, and Oscar Kleffbaum have been on the ice for all of them, uh-huh. including two in one game against St. Louis when it was a 3-2 game. And one of them, Tyler Bozak, went to clear the puck out of the zone. And I don't know if he curled when he was a kid, but he got yeah, the yeah. In- remember he got the inward draw, went into the empty net. Yes. And the whole genesis of this, Mark, is, and, and we're going to, I think we should just get right to it right now. Does the National Hockey League, so we have a situation here. Here's here's what's going to happen. We're going to get into a a discussion. It's going to be somewhat animated, and it might not always be polite. Hmm. Because I know you're of the belief that the Oilers' best players have to be better. And I I will partially agree with that. I also believe the Oilers have to have a lot better support players, and they've squandered some assets in the process of which Ken Holland has, has very little to say about it. We both agree on both those things, but they're two completely different conversations. All right, Bob. so here we go. Does the NHL plus-minus stat, is it completely flawed? Does it work against skilled players and good players on struggling teams? Oh, it is flawed. There's no question. No one looks at plus-minus in 2020 the way we did in the 1985. Right. We realize there's, there's you know... Uh, goals against per 60, right, is a is probably a better stat. There's uh, a guy like ja- uh, Dave Staples charts grade A chances against per 60 or per how often you're on the ice. Mm-hmm. And he, in fact, I read a piece of his today where he had McDavid and Dreisaitl, or he pulled out a bunch of far more accurate stats that had McDavid and Dreisaitl as being on the ice for a lot of goals. They had a bad <laughs> December. Know. The Edmonton Oilers mark in the month of December had the second lowest goals uh, save percentage in the NHL in the month of December, okay? Yeah. The team played 13 games in 24 game, uh, days, okay? So. They have two forwards that play 22-plus minutes a game. 
Why would that be, Bob? Because they don't have enough depth. Oh, it's not because they don't come off the ice then. So, you, okay, so I. Are, uh, <laughs> so so the, McDavid and Drysdale's line draws the most penalties on the Oilers, right? Because they got the puck, they're the best players. McDavid draws the penalties more than any other Oilers player. Not in the league, but actually, other I players. think I think if you look closely, you'd be this year. Drysdale might actually. Okay, well they played. Let's assuming for the sake of this conversation, okay. they're on the same line. They both draw lots of penalties, so they play. Mark, are you trying to blame the Oilers' four ten one stretch the no, last fifteen no, games on I'm McDavid not. and Drysdale? That's why it's two different conversations. There's two conversations here, Bob. So let's have the short one first. Which the Oilers the... don't have enough good players. They don't have enough depth. There's not enough support for McDavid and Drysaddle. They need better wingers. They need better forwards. They and need we, more help. And we agree. This totally is agree. this is not Ken Holland's fault. He has no, come he into. No, he just showed up. He's come into. He just a, showed up. He showed up and come into this situation. So it's reality. There's not enough good players here. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's end that conversation because we both agree. The next conversation is: Is it okay for McDavid and Drysaddle to be delinquent defensively, and then look at the roster and go, "Well, the rest of the team's crappy, so yeah. we just get to float and give up chances I, I, and goals all." I think Leon right. has had an awful stretch here. Yeah, okay, he I he admitted it yesterday, Bob. I, I, I he admitted think it. Yesterday. If you look on who makes the actual mistakes on the goal, I think sometimes Connor has been more of a victim of. Cert- Put it this way, I think there's been some truancy from Leon's perspective. I think Connor's just had a little bit of. Uh, and, and there is a luck factor in the NHL. Case in point, Mark, did you know that in the month of December, Leon Dreisaitl, shooting percentage when he's, you you quoted points per 60, uh, shooting percentage when Dreisaitl's been on the ice for the Oilers is below 6%. That is unbelievably okay. low. Save percentage when Dreisaitl is on the, on the ice in the month of December, I believe is below 870. I would also say using the, the old stat of plus minus, Connor McDavid's only minus 7 and how many uh, empty net goals did you say there were? So he's been on. He's he's minus six in empty net goals. Okay, but I'm also gonna let's go back here. Let's look at the history of top five scorers. I did the stat the other day. Go back ten years. Okay, that's 50 different players who finished in the top five in NHL scoring. You know how many guys in ten years were minus players among the top five scorers in the National Hockey League? Three guys. Who were they? Over the course of 10 years. I added it up yesterday. Uh, one year it was Kane, and I forget the other two guys. Is Kane a good player? But I'm not, this isn't about if they're good players, right? It's not about being what, a good player. What, no one's having an argument if, if what, McDavid and Dreisler are good players. They're really good. They're great players. They're superstars. What happens is they get it, they're on teams that lack depth. Yes. So then they push to create, yes. to create more. And how's that working? Okay, and then they get on the ice at the end of the game, and their team's down ah, a goal or two. See, take, you're, you're take seven or eight minuses and throw them out the window. All right, for well, empty let's take goals. seven. Of, I don't care about empty net goals. not an, if if you're I don't taking care about empty net goals. if you're taking seven away from McDavid, where he's chasing games, yep. he's even. He's even. So Leon's, he's the top scorer in the National Hockey League, and he's even. Five on five. <laughs> so here's what I'm saying, Bob. These two are great players. Have to figure out how to win today with a team that's not great and doesn't have enough depth. And then when the team gets better, they have to figure out how to win with that team. And then when the team gets better, they got to figure out how to win with that team. And if you're going to win right now, you can't just sit here and say, I'm playing the same way till they build a team around me. This, The flybys, the, def- the, the minute shifts, the we just had a minute shift, now we drew a penalty and we're playing two more minutes on the power play, so we're really on the ice for almost three minutes of clock time. That stuff isn't working. You're watching it with your own eyes, Bob. It's not working. See, I think there's a mentality that exists uh, and, and it, that favors, frankly, 
third-line checkers and third-pairing defensemen in the NHL. And I think that mindset also exists with writers. I think writers, wow, I'm a veteran guy. I've been around. Who's this young upstart whippersnap? You radio johnnies. Mark, I've put up with this stuff for years. And I'm and I and so I'm here to talk it about. I, I'm just letting you know Make your th- point. that what there's that there's a mentality out there and it's uh it's it's somewhat Canadian in nature, and that's why it infiltrates into the hockey world, that there's a little bit of jealousy for skill and special ability. And so we have a statistic that obviously needs to change, plus minus. Yeah, right? but, uh, they're not making the be- the good statistics, right? Read Staples today. All the statistics that we respect, the new analytics that count proper chances against, that count goals against, that count grade A chances against, they're not making that great either, Bob. They it's have, not just They have not minus. had a great December, but they're in this position because... <laughs> right? the, Mark, the two leading scorers in the league, and they're minus 25 between them. They're playing 22 minutes a game, which and they play 13 right. games and 24 games. Which is too much. What did you expect would happen? Well, they would wear down. They would press because they think they're geared towards scoring more. If it's so obvious, then why did it happen, Bob? If you could see it coming a mile away, why are we sitting here I talking ha- about it? I can it? tell you right now, there's a guy who listens to the show who may or may not have a son in the National Hockey League who told me in July, you guys are going to get off to a good start. You got a very fair, favorable schedule in the month of October, and if you play dry saddle at McDavid too much, you're going to get stung in December. Mm-hmm. Great. So I'll give that guy kudos. I think we should hire him. <laughs> but, sure. uh, you know, because it's there's there's something, to be, and it's going to be interesting tonight to see what happens, given that they've had two full, complete practices. Because what did Tippett say? We have not had this good a practice in six weeks. Sure. So now the other thing that, that ended up uh, belaboring the point, making it worse, I'm not I'm not giving McDavid and Drysaddle an outright pass. What I'm saying is I don't think we should necessarily blame the top players uh, for what I what I could look. I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group, Mark. This is an or the month of December is an organizational failure. Sure. That's what it is. It's an or, it's not just on their two best players. No, but R- everything rides with those guys. Like, the point we're making is you can't win if they're not good players. Right? We all agree on this, Bob. This team goes where well, Drysaddle and McDavid go. You can't There's have no a doubt about that. Wait a sec here, Mark. If you have the second worst save percentage in the NHL in the month of December, is it necessarily all on 20, 29 no, and 97? No, no, it's not. But I'm also going to say... Did the chances not rise in difficulty in the month of December? All of a sudden, the chances Koskinen and Smith are seeing are way better looks, man. Yeah. Way better looks. The last three goals Mike Smith let in, I think, are breakaways from center ice. Mike Smith. You know? So, take- no, he hasn't played well. He's got to stop one or two of them. But the point is, they're not perimeter shots, Bob. Yeah. Right? This, the grade-A chances. I mean, the Oilers are in a situation where they got Nugent Hopkins with three even-strength goals through uh, three of his seven goals this year. Not good enough. Not good enough. They, and that's their that's their third best. That should be their third best forward. Should now, be. Cassian's got 13 even-strength goals this year. He's had a great five-on-five season. Who, who's who's he played mostly with? Sure. Okay? So, it's interesting. So, I just – I just here, here's the thing, Mark. I've never liked when – when a team's not a good team, I've never liked the philosophy – Oh, their top guy's got to be better. No, sometimes there's there's inherent challenges in the rest of the roster. And again, I work for the club, and I'm hit, sitting here telling you point blank, in my opinion, this is more of a reflection. Look no further than what we got going tonight. Who's centering the second line with the New York Rangers? A guy the orders gave away. Okay. They gave him you away. Talk about uh, that was a terrible trade. And are we going to sit and roll around in the bad trades of Pete Shirelli for the next? 
calendar year, Bob. Well, sometimes people... lousy GM at the end. He made a bunch of bad trades. Get over it. We're past all, that stuff. All Stone I'm, plays for another team okay, now. Okay, but I'm going right? to take you someplace when we come back, okay? Can Ken Holland... Keep your headset on. I know you're getting mad. Should <laughs> Ken Holland avoid the trap that Pete Shirelli got into after his first season? This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Mark Spector with you. Mark, I've been having some problems with my computer, just so you know. So if I screw up here and lose a liner, you're going to have to come through and take over the show. Does that work for you? Can we pull yeah, that together? You got it, partner. Ah, did it again. All right, wait a sec here. It is 1248 in Edmonton. Uh, let's try this. Uh, why don't you read, uh, what, what, what is history? There's something about history. There was a, there was a quote that, uh, somebody sent us right now. Maybe you can, uh, look at it for us while I pull this up. Well, I could, if I could find it. Here's what we'll tell you right now. It is 1248 in Edmonton. Guests on this show receive gift certificates from Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's New Year's Eve at Roos Chris. Great place to go before the game tonight. You can reach out to Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers Now sent you. And we've got an Oilers Now road trip coming up to Mark Spector's favorite U.S. city known as Chicago. Oh, See the Oilers play the Blackhawks. This package includes great lower bowl game tickets, a welcome reception with uh, yours truly. Uh, we'll have tours of Wrigley and Soldier Fields for the Oilers Now Chicago road trip. Call New West Travel at 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com. When's that game? I don't know. It's in February. February, okay. I think it's in February. I haven't looked that far ahead yet, Mark. Okay. Okay. All right. Focus on the now, Bob. Focus yes, focus on the now. On the now. Uh, well, kind of focus on the now here. Okay. So, because i got to turn my computer off. We had a little bit of a, a breach, so we've had some issues here. Um, got to stay off those sites, Bob. No, well, no. Nobody likes that when that happens. You know, I worked at the University of Alberta. The person I replaced there had like 25 links on their computer at the U of A to uh, to those various sites you're not supposed to. Like actual links mm-hmm. with the University of Alberta, like the most politically correct place you could ever have. It is. You know, so I, thought I it don't was, know what you're talking about. I, I thought it was very strange that she had those links on her disc. All right. Uh, that's, uh, that's, so we've had this discussion. Did you find the quote? The quote, yes. It comes from Drew Remenda who reminds us all that difficulty is the excuse history never accepts. It's hard. Big deal, is what he's trying to say. You know what? Fine. (laughs) You know what I want to say, Bob? Like, we've all watched hockey. We've watched these players. It goes all the way, in my time, back to Steve Eiserman, who was a, you know, number one overall, great offensive player, and had to kind of figure out how to, you know, be a play defensive hockey when he did not have the puck. No one's saying you can't score goals. What they're saying is when you don't have the puck, you don't get to just hang around till you get it again. And it goes on to Mike Modano. It goes on to Sid Crosby who decided, you know, why am I just the best player on the other team's end of the rink? I want to be the best player in all three zones. And that's what Sid became. And it moves on to, you know, various different players over the years. Like all right, even, even do, Patrick Kane. Let's do the percentage game. Okay. So what percentage of the Oilers' 4-10-1 run was in the fact that McDavid and Drysaddle weren't good enough defensively? Oh, and I what percentage know. of the fact was, by the way, the month of December, they had the second uh, lowest save percentage in the NHL, and they didn't—they sure. don't have enough depth. What's the percentage? I don't know. That's, a fair, that's an unfair question because I'd have to have a freaking slide rule to do that. But 
<laughs> I mean, I guess the point is it doesn't have to be like no one here is. There's a couple things we're not saying that every time the Oilers lose, it's the fault of McDavid and Drysdale. That's not true. But when Drysdale's minus three in two games in a row, and the plus minus isn't a greatest stat, but looking down from above, minus 25 in 16 games, that's telling me something, Bob. And it's telling Leon something because he came out yesterday and said that his game was He'd be the first. He be already the fir- was the first guy to say it. He said it. Right. So no one's saying they can't try to score and they can't make all the plays. We love watching these guys play. They're great players. But the point is there's times on the ice when you don't have the puck, right? When you don't have the puck, there's also a way to play. There's a way to go get it back. There's a way to check your guy. You don't do the flyby. You stop. And that's, that's certainly in Leon's case last month, that's what he's trying to change is you don't get to just be on offense even when you don't have the puck. You do eventually have to switch your game to defense no matter what number you wear, no matter what your name is. Yeah. Is that not fair? Uh, all right. So we here, here's the thing. What I don't want to see happen here is what happened in the summer of 2016 which was an overreaction to a first-year general manager's experience with the team. So the Edmonton Oilers... That won't happen with Ken Hall, and he's a 23-year GM. Okay. <laughs> right? So, I mean, if because for most Oiler fans, Mark, if Edmonton could have taken back roughly June 27th to July 1st in 2016, how different would the organization... So remember, they drafted Paul Yarby, we know the Calgary Flames actually tried to trade up to get the pick to get Paul Yarby. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought Paul Yarby was a better prospect at that time than a guy like Matthew Kachuk or Mikhail Sergachev. Yep. In fairness to Pete Shirelli, he had a lot of time for Sergachev. Why nobody in the organization uh, didn't like me? Well, I shouldn't say that. I, they, oh, my God. Are we still rehashing just, this draft? Just ball? hold on. We're talking about not making this. So they didn't make the pick. Then they turn around and trade Hall for Larson. Yep. Right? We can now conclude... Given the way the direction the league went, probably the trade did not work out. Then they, then they, <laughs> I think it, you say that. Okay, it's not. There's some people that have written opposite of to that, Mark. Right. Yeah, okay. and then tells us that trade stunk. Okay, and then uh, the, the signed Milan Lucic to a seven-year deal at six million dollars, and basically had to bad re- deal. Right. Okay. So here's the thing. That was Pete Shirelli's. He had a year to watch the team, and those were some of the moves he made. Ken Holland's going to have it. Should less be more? For Ken Hall, because a lot of fans will say, no, 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 they got to blow this thing up if they like, as long no. as they don't trade McDavid or Drysaddle. But I'm like, what do you do with Nurse? What do you do with like th- this? Is the thing? Do you sit there and look at is is the plan of action accumulate picks, knowing that maybe there's a little bit of pressure point placed on you by a guy named Jeff Jackson from the I don't know if that occurs or not. Maybe McDavid's completely comfortable with where things are at. Uh, does does the natural progression and growth of your franchise with your own picks mean that you're going to get better. You tell me. Well, here's what we know, and it's it's really difficult to preach patience to Oilers fans. I, if I was an Oilers fan, I would be turning my ears off when I heard that too. But the problem with the organization is every GM comes in. Like, look, what did Chiarelli do? He tried to win fast, and he felt the pressure of failed regimes before him and he said, "Oh man, I gotta hurry. I gotta make a big move. I'm trading Taylor Hall. I gotta big make a big move. I'm signing Milan Lucic. Oh no, we might not make the playoffs. I better move a couple guys. I'll trade Kajula for Manning. I'll trade Spooner for Strom." He he panicked because he wasn't patient. So Ken Holland has to be patient, right? Ken Holland has to make, you know, look at 
the team's better right now than it's been in. Re- When's the last time they were right in it at New Year's? They're right in it right now, right? 2016 17. They're yep. right. Yeah. yeah. So they're this right in This is the second most wins they've had through, so, so there through 41 been, games there has been in the last progress. 10 years. And assuming that this team can, you know, put, listen, so they had a bad month. So did Vancouver. So did Calgary. It's Edmonton's turn. Those teams jumped out of their bad month. Why can't Edmonton jump out of the bad month? Have a good January, Bob. You're right in the mix. Now the trade deadline's coming. He should be able to pick up a middle six swinger that he needs. Maybe he finds that third line center. And you got a chance to make the playoffs. There's no reason to to put this team in the trash bin here, right? They're, they win tonight. Are they not right near the top? I haven't even looked at the standings. They win tonight, and you're right near the top of the Pacific Division again. So... You know, don't panic, Bob. Don't fans. Don't panic. It's not time to panic. You've had a bad month. Take a breath here, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not the end of the world. We've been in a lot of situations with this team where the playoffs are a complete fantasy at this point of the season, right? We're looking at the season. We're going, oh, it's over. This season's not by any int- means over. Do you know what's interesting, Mark? I look at this Rangers defense, which is the highest scoring defense in the National Hockey League. Okay. okay. They've completely transformed their organization. They're ahead of where people thought that. Now, they Real also good. they also got Panarin. That helped. So they're not really rebuilding if they sign a player at ten and a half million dollars in free agency well, to up. Now they don't have a McDavid or Drysaddle, but they got Panarin, yeah, and he's a hell a, right. Doing a great but job. There. One of the things that's helped them out is their defense. They got the highest scoring D in the NHL. Just look at the right side of their de- the, Truba. Is a really good two. I would I would assert to you, probably, a better defenseman than Darnell Nurse. Would we? Would you agree on that? Right shot. Yep. You know, a eight, more valuable defenseman eight, than Darnell Nurse. I would say that. Yes. Eight, eight goal, fifty. You know, and yep. and we know that Anton Thun's probably looking for Truba money. Then they had, uh, then they got D'Angelo, who they got at a bargain price, and he he kind of had some reputation issues. He's got twenty eight points in thirty eight games, and then they picked yep. up Fox and gave up a couple picks to get him. That's so nice play. Three guys on the right side that could all move the puck. Hmm. Yeah. I'm sitting here a year from now looking at Bouchard and Bear going, there's two guys that can move the puck on the right side. I wouldn't necessarily give, like, Matt Benning for me, serviceable in what he does. Larson, maybe the game's a little different now than it was. uh, Didn't play. He's still a guy to Larson could still play on my team. I mean, I'm not paying him $7 million. You have Clefbaum and Nurse on the left side. Not a bad-looking defense. Right? For not, sure. Not a bad-looking D-man. So there you go. It's could be some similarities there moving forward. Yep. That is fair. Well, too much agreement in that last segment. <laughs> You're saying don't panic. I'm saying don't panic. And we don't expect Ken Holland. You can't expect. Like, I've read a lot of, oh, Ken Holland didn't do enough. Ken Holland had no money and 100 holes this summer. Right? So his, his choice was go get two players at $3.5 million each or go get seven players at a million dollars each. And what he did was he went for the seven. And, and it, they did try to get a player at three. They, they tried to get Wayne Simmons right, on a one-year deal at three million bucks. Right. Then Mark, Mark Spector for the horses. Horse racing, Alberta Live Racing, Century Mile tonight, 7.15 for the 7,000 men and women involved in the horse racing and breeding industry. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.